0: This is Talking Urology. This Talking Urology Hands Up Conference Highlight features Ian Davis talking with Professor Silke Gillison from Switzerland. Hello, I'm Ian Davis, I'm a medical oncologist from Melbourne, and I'm the chair of ANZUP Cancer Trials Group. We're speaking to you from the ANZUP annual scientific meeting in July 2017, and I'm very happy to have with me Professor Silke Gillison. Silke is a medical oncologist from St Gallen in Switzerland, uh, one of our eminent international visitors. Silke, with her colleague Aurelius Omlin, chairs the Advanced Prostate Cancer Consensus Conference, and the second one of those was just held in March of this year. Silke, can you tell us a little bit about the APCCC and what's happened since then?
1: Yes, so um, we talked about that before so actually the idea doing a consensus conference in prostate cancer really came up um, when we realized how many topics there are in prostate cancer where we don't have good evidence to judge in our daily clinical practice what to advise to a patient and we thought it would be very good to have like a consensus conference with a lot of experts who do mostly treat prostate cancer patients, um, to see what they would do in the same situation. And so we started in 2015, very naive, very kind of like, let's just try it. And it was actually a pretty good success with everyone coming who we invited, like really big names and and it was very interesting. Um, so we did it again. As you know, this this year, um, and I think you know it was it was as you said, like I think in your first speech, uh, the ambiance was so good 2015 that we were like, oh, hopefully this is gonna work again in 2017 with all these fruitful discussions and really good things coming out of the conference and if anything we thought it was even better and more discussions more fruitful than the first time and I think the 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 thing that really is amazing that in some topics we could really find very very good expert consensus and in other areas there is really no consensus at all and I think that's you know we didn't and that like 2015, but that's probably really the areas where we should do clinical trials, and that's helping us perhaps to find important topics um, where we we should invest, um, you know, in for research, for clinical cancer research.
0: So we had something like 150 pretty complex questions that we all considered as a panel after a couple of days of presentations. And there were some areas where we had consensus on those. But there were a few areas where there were some surprising opinions and there were quite a few areas where there there was no consensus at all. So for someone who's reading about the conference or reading the paper and seeing these areas of disagreement, what are they to make out of that
1: Yes, I think that's why we really tried to comment in the paper the uncertainties and um, being a bit philosophical also to say that you know, whatever the experts decided on, is not the truth because we don't have good data to support it so it may be that some of these errors i mean the experts are going to prove them wrong even if they had a consensus um, and you were one of the the really good commentators right to to make that paper i think in a way also very critical um, about experts about expert opinion um, but I guess it's the best that we have like in, in the moment so it can help in your daily practice to see what the expert would do but still you have to decide together with your patient um, what you want to do in an individual case um, and I mean so we, we bought free access so everyone can really look at the paper and, and look at the sections that interest him or her um, and then see also the critical comments so that's why we really decided to do um, a discussion of each chapter um, to say here we have some data that's why probably people did that and sometimes we really had um, really surprising results without a lot of good basic data to support it so I think yeah that that is going to be really you have to read the paper with the comments um, to make most out of it I think
0: So groups like ANZAP are here to try to develop evidence-based practice. Some people might say a group of experts is more (laughs) eminence-based practice. Um, How would you respond to that sort of criticism? We've got people who are highly opinionated and working. Some people might say in an ivory tower. How can people working out in the general community take this information on board?
1: I I totally agree. I mean, as we know, in the pyramid, the expert opinion comes really down, down. But that's one expert, right? So um, what we try to do is like really having this anonymous voting. So we have 60 experts. And so you get perhaps a bit more of a balanced expert opinion than just only asking one um, expert. I also have to be into consensus conferences um, that were not so strictly organized as we did with the Delphi process and everything. Um, so, and then sometimes if you have someone who's very loud, one expert is very loud. That's gonna, this opinion's gonna make it into the consensus result. Whereas I think this voting, um, like, really makes everyone very free. Even if the very eminent um, experts say something, you don't have to to be the same opinion and. and vote for it. So, so yes, it's not high-level evidence, um, but it's probably a bit more than just like evidence or eminence from one expert. It's like multi eminence um, opinion, but it's hopefully a bit more valuable.
0: Another thing I've noticed out of the process was how the field had moved on over, over only two years. There are uh, things that we thought in 2015 that we no longer thought to be the case in yes. 2017.
1: Uh, th- that's amazing to me as well, right? So like, whenever something comes up now in you in the conferences, like now the ASCO data showing that Abiratron together with ADT gives a survival benefit as well as docetaxel does in addition to ADT. Um, so the. Uh, like all of a sudden all these new questions pop up right so are we giving abby are we giving docetaxel in addition to adt it's clear for the patients who are not fit for docetaxel but the others so which one is better Um, you have a short course of chemotherapy or you have like uh, treatment until progression with a drug four tablets plus five milligrams of dexamethasone uh, of prednisone. So, I mean, so there's, there's new questions coming with every new kind of clinical research that comes out. And I think that's fascinating, right? That, that we, with the new data we're having, we are generating new questions for daily clinical practice that have not been addressed in the clinical trial because at that time the standard was ADT alone. And I think that's actually a fascinating thing. And that's also very um, kind of good to see how much progress we're doing.
0: Well, it's a great privilege to be part of it. Thank you so much for coming to the ANZUP Annual Scientific Meeting. It's been wonderful having you.
1: It was a fantastic time in, in Australia. and I want to thank you and Margaret, who did really everything to make this a fantastic conference. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Talking urology at ANZUP. Proudly supported by Ibsen.